Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. As always, we're delighted that you've chosen to spend a chunk of your precious wedding planning time with us. Our main topic this week is all about creating a meaningful and highly personal ceremony that will make your guests laugh, cry and maybe even break into song. For many couples, this is the most important part of the wedding and chances are many of your favourite memories will be created during this portion of the day. So it's a pretty big deal. It sure is. A few months back, we spoke to humanist celebrant Emer Dillon on the podcast about the different ways you can include rituals in your wedding and how to navigate planning a non-traditional ceremony. And it was such a popular topic, we figured we should flesh it out even more and get into the logistics of creating different kinds of ceremonies and making them your own. How creative you get with your wedding ceremony heavily depends on the kind of ceremony you're planning and the individual celebrant you've booked. Religious and civil ceremonies will have specific rules and rituals that are mandatory, while humanist and secular ceremonies generally offer greater flexibility. Obviously, this means that only some of the advice in today's episode will be relevant to your day, but we've taken care to include tips on personalising all kinds of ceremonies. So basically, however you're getting married, we've lots of advice in here for you. Yes, we've often gotten this question from couples who are maybe having a religious ceremony or a civil ceremony. Even some of them have been in response to the episode that we did with Emer, where they kind of said, oh, that's great for people having a humanist ceremony, but how can I apply this to my situation? Yes, we we'll um, definitely have answers in there. Today. We definitely want to cover that, but we also will have to lay down some real talk about yes. how flexible um, your celebrant and organisation will be. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. One of the best things about this job is getting to pass on knowledge that we know will make the wedding planning process and the big day itself easier and more enjoyable for our listeners. That's why we offer up a handy tip in every single episode. So, Claire, it's your turn to choose a tip this week. What have you got? This tip comes from a friend of ours who recently got married. And the tip is for grooms to have a plan for your wedding morning. So, obviously, brides tend to have seven hours of hair and makeup, particularly. Yeah, it's a whole faff. It's a whole faff. Uh, particularly if there's a big wedding party, if there's mums and sisters and bridesmaids and whoever else. Time just evaporates. Exactly. Like you can't make enough hours in the day. Whereas for grooms, they tend to be sitting around for all of those hours. They don't want to put their suit on too early. They don't want to have a drink too early. Mm. And it can be a bit anticlimactic. And also often there's a bridal suite. So it's kind of a hub of activity and everyone knows to come there and there's deliveries and people are popping their heads in. Whereas if a groom often like kips in with his brother the night before or things like that. So there's less of a hub for them and a Mm. place for all the guys to gather. Um, Again, that's talking in very straight wedding terms. But it's the same for two grooms as well. If they don't have the same kind of morning laid out for them as brides do. So it's just about making a plan, whether that's to go for a walk, to go for a lunch, Hmm. to we've seen like clay pigeon shooting golf 
some maybe kind of worth asking your photographer as well if they have any ideas for yes. what would make a cute photo op like some yeah. grooms go with their dads the dads and the best men to like a local pub if that's possible yeah. for a cute little pint and and nice maybe, photos yeah and it's also about like planning that with the guy so everyone knows what you're doing and it's not just you on the morning being like oh do you want to go do this just that you have a plan for the day in the same way that the brides do you don't want to be just sitting on the edge of a bed <laughs> in a hotel room <laughs> just going no only four hours left to do yeah. and there's a bottle of whiskey that someone gave you like <laughs> burning a hole in your bag exactly it can make the morning just feel a bit long and stressful so having something planned and a bit of an itinerary for yourself is always a good idea the one fab day wedding podcast Ceremonies can be a tricky topic to discuss because it's one area where couples' hopes and wishes vary wildly from person to person. Some will want their religion to play a central role in the day. Others still want to keep the legal bit short and sweet so there's plenty of room for Prosecco and dancing. People pleasers that we are, we've tried to cover all the bases in today's chat. Now that said, we have got to start this episode with a disclaimer. Although there are going to be just two of you in the marriage, the ceremony is the only part of the day in which a third person is directly involved. So your celebrant, be they religious, civil, secular or completely bogus, we'll explain this category of celebrant later, don't worry, is an equal part of your ceremony and their wishes and the rules of their organisation have to be respected. I think it's important to say that because some couples do feel like they should be allowed to make 100% of the decisions about their wedding, including the ceremony. And it can be really disappointing to find that, say, for example, you can't have the music you want in the church you've chosen. Yeah. And I think the phrase, their house, their rules is going to come up a lot today. It definitely is. Yeah. If you do choose to have a certain type of ceremony that has a lot of restrictions, our only advice for you is that you have to follow them if you choose to have that kind of ceremony. There is a kind of ceremony, and we will get to it, where you have completely free reign over absolutely everything from where you have it to how you structure it to what music and readings you have. But otherwise, then you have to fall in line with the rules of your celebrant, whoever they are. But it's also worth saying that even in the kinds of ceremonies that tend to be quite strict and rigid and follow a template, there are teeny tiny things you can do to at least feel like you have some ownership over the ceremony and that it is personal to you. So we will get into those. Mm -hmm. What we wanted to start with was highlighting the four main categories of ceremony. Because, I mean, it sounds straightforward, but actually can cause confusion sometimes. Mm. So obviously there's religious, which could be Christian, Catholic, Hindu, Muslim, Sikh. There's a bunch of those. And this is performed by a leader or official from your chosen religious organisation. Who also happens to be a registered solemnizer. So again, some of the rules today will be directly related to Ireland because that's where we're based but they'll loosely apply to wherever you are yeah just because I don't know say you have a Muslim leader if they're not on the register then they can't legally marry you so you have to check all of your celebrants against the HSE in our case list of solemnizers yeah yeah in most cases you'll be fine but it's always important to double check because you want to be legally married as well as married in the eyes of God yes. um, so the next section is civil ceremony so broadly speaking for any region you're in this is a ceremony performed by a state representative often called a registrar and it may be in a registry office or it may not we'll get into that a bit later Then there's the secular ceremony, which some people would also include civil ceremony under, but we've siphoned it off as a different one, which is a non-religious ceremony performed by an official from a non-religious organisation. So a humanist ceremony would be the one that most people are familiar with. It's probably the most common one worldwide. Then we have 
purely symbolic ceremony. So earlier when I mentioned a bogus celebrant, this is what we're talking about, where you have a beautiful ceremony, but it's not legally binding at all. Mm. You ask someone to uh, officiate it for you, the you know, with air quotes over the word officiate, yeah. because they're really not doing anything in terms of registering your marriage it could be a friend or it could be you know someone you know who's really good at public speaking or you can hire people to do this I think yeah but basically your ceremony is purely symbolic you'll have to do the legal bit outside of that ceremony but it works for a lot of couples you guys had it Claire at your wedding yeah so it tends to accompany um, we're a classic registry office wedding um, and then on the day we had our friend officiate our wedding and kind of lead it MC it wherever you want to but he didn't marry us, Christian. <laughs> yeah, but it was a way of having what you guys wanted, which was a 100% personal ceremony yes. that you could design from start to finish. Yeah. And it worked out amazingly. Thanks. It was gorge. So yeah, as you mentioned, if you live in the US, the UK or elsewhere, there may be some difference in the rules. So for example, in the US, I know almost anyone can be ordained online if TV has led me to. <laughs> if that episode of Friends is <laughs> as correct as it was in 1996, then exactly. yes. So yeah, either way, just make sure to check the legalities where you live, because obviously it can vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Yeah. So in Ireland, uh, there's a very strict list of people who are allowed to legally register marriages. And I'm sure in many regions, that's the same. So if you're getting married in Ireland, the first thing you do is Google HSE, list of solemnizers, and the whole list is there. And it's updated regularly. Exactly. So we want to start with a list of tips for all kinds of ceremonies. So these are things that basically you can take on board no matter what kind of ceremony you've got planned. So obviously we would say whatever ceremony you're having, you should definitely start by having a sit down chat with your partner about your hopes and dreams for the ceremony. Yes, because you never know. One of you could have just assumed you were going to have a church wedding or have a non-religious wedding and then find out that the other one's on a completely different page. So, yeah, that needs to be hammered out early. Or equally, one of you could be like, oh, all I wanted was for it to be over soon so we can get to the drinks reception and the dancing. Yeah. And one of you could be like, oh, actually, I've dreamed about my ceremony for years and I've already picked out the music in my head. Yeah. So you want to get on the same page about how you want it to feel and I suppose how personal you want it to be and how important it is to you in the scheme of the rest of the day. I think the look and feel and where you might have it is important too because some people will have very fixed vision of this outdoor ceremony Mm. and someone else is thinking of something completely different entirely. So yeah, it's definitely worth hashing all that out. The number one thing on your to-do list for the ceremony is to organise the legal bit. So as we said, your celebrant for your ceremony on the day might be able to legally register your marriage or they might not. So you need to figure all that out because you want to be married at the end of your wedding, That's ideally. <laughs> or at least the next, the following week, you know, yes. you don't have to be married that day. Yeah. As we mentioned up top, try not to be too disheartened if for whatever reason you're not able to have exactly the kind of ceremony you want. Ideally, you will be able to personalise it in some way. You might be able to personalise it in some way. If you have to omit an element that you love, you might be able to include it elsewhere. So say there's a song that you really want to have and you're not allowed to have it walking up the aisle, maybe you can include it for your first dance. Yeah, think about the other elements of the day. So speeches, drinks reception, even the bit between the meal and the dancing. Like there's lots of opportunity for you to do if there's any music or readings or whatever it is that's really important to you outside of the ceremony. So don't just think that that's the only time when people can get up and speak about love and marriage because 
It absolutely isn't. You can always find a way to work it into your timeline elsewhere. And remember that the feel and vibe of the ceremony isn't just about those things, the rituals, the readings, the music, the room that you get married in, the space, the celebrant themselves, how warm and friendly they are. And you yourselves and how you feel and how you've approached the whole thing is crucially important to how it goes down. The energy in the room can actually make things so exciting and that gives it a personal touch, even if there aren't that many personal elements per se. The other thing to say is that no matter how restrictive your organisation and celebrant might be about wedding ceremonies there will be hopefully some small amount of room for creativity so there's a couple of areas that usually there are no rules about for example most ceremonies will allow you to include friends and family in some way be it through a reading or a ritual choosing how you walk up the aisle and who you walk up with usually that's not dictated by anyone so that's a way to sort of make a personal statement for example Mm. if you want it to be your mom or your best pal or it's a way to kind of I suppose feel like you're definitely putting your stamp on your wedding or your ceremony choosing flowers for your bouquet that like represent somebody in your life you know things to do with your outfit there are ways that you can feel like in the ceremony you are expressing your personality yeah you can always add a really nice note in the ceremony program or something like that that really like personalizes it from the outset that's a great idea as well even think of our forever icon Meghan Markle who had like all of these little nods to Princess Diana in the ceremony but she was never mentioned but they were all there in flowers and sewn onto her veil and stuff like that so there are things you can do outside of the rituals let's say and we've seen a lot of couples lately have something fun outside the church for afterwards so whether that's like a coffee station or an ice cream van or something like that that allows for that element of the day to still have an offbeat funness to it even when it's a bit more structured if you're not so into the idea that you're ceremony is going to be formal but it has to be formal because that's the ceremony you've chosen or the religion or the route you've chosen that's a way to make things suddenly kind of become less formal and Mm. a bit more fun right after the ceremony ends this point is crucial and it often gets overlooked yeah is to make sure your guests can see and hear everything that's going on all too often couples will pour so much energy into making a beautiful ceremony curating music and finding readings and then no one at the back can hear what's happening yeah i would say if your number one thing with planning your ceremony is the legal bit your number two thing would be just make sure that whatever space you've chosen or whoever's looking after the pa be it the venue or someone else you're hiring in just make sure that you're confident that people will be able to hear and see because that's how people feel engaged and that's how people feel like you know they are able to enjoy ceremony I would add one last tip while we're doing general ceremony tips is to not be pressured into having the kind of ceremony that doesn't feel like you so we brushed on this with our chat with Emer before but just to say if you feel like there's family pressure to have a certain wedding that's not authentic to you just imagine yourself standing at the top on the day and saying your vows and how does it feel and if it doesn't sit well with you then you shouldn't really be doing it and it's worth having a candid chat with your family and just saying why it doesn't feel authentic or say maybe that's not part of our relationship and you might feel one way and your other half doesn't and say the religion isn't part of your relationship it might be personal to you and it's just worth being honest and authentic about the whole thing obviously the ideal situation would be to have the exact ceremony you want but I guess we're also practical people and we know that many people have come to us before and said I'm having this ceremony I'm not happy about it but when I weighed up the pros and cons I decided that it was better to give this up in order to appease family members than to deal with 
the aftermath. Yes. Which is fair <laughs> enough as well. Whatever you choose is fair enough. Yeah. But definitely it's not a decision to enter lightly. No. Have a good, long, hard think about the kind of ceremony that you want. Definitely. So... Let's go on to religious ceremonies. So obviously this is a really broad category. It's hard to give specific advice on it, but um, we will try to give some vague tips that might help. We actually have had people ask us specifically about this. And I've talked to loads of friends over the years who have said like, oh, it's really annoying. Like my priest won't let me do any of this stuff. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people yeah. and I just kind of have to go... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he kind of does call the shots because it is, you know, his religious organization and yeah. he is the head of the church. Yeah. But we do have some tips. For some couples, there'll be like no question they'll be having a religious wedding. Yeah. But it's still a good idea to do your research before committing to it and do your research on specific celebrants if you're able to have a choice. The organization itself will be able to give you lots of information and help you make a decision and navigate. For some religious organizations, you'll be able to get married in any house of worship whereas others it might have to be the one that you attend specifically or the one that you entered into when you had your first ceremony yes baptism whatever it's called in your yeah. religion so yeah it's worth just doing a bit of research into that before you've made your final decision bear in mind as well yeah that you're celebrant you may be able to choose that depending on your religion so let's say if the celebrant who's maybe the most natural one that you're family or parents expect you to go with is someone who you just don't really see doing the kind of ceremony that you want you do sometimes have the option to explore other options and to maybe try a celebrant who is in two houses of worship over in two towns over or whatever yeah. there is often that option so do look into it but again, be aware that some places will only allow their own celebrants and others will allow visiting celebrants. So it's just worth checking out. Yeah. The first thing to do, I would say, is uh, arrange a meeting with your celebrant of choice once you have nailed that down and just talk through the ceremony with them. You might actually find that that puts you at ease more. And at least then you know where you stand and you know what to expect. And it's really, really good to be very clear on what the rules are and what is a non-negotiable in your ceremony and what you have flexibility on. And obviously some religions specifically are more traditional or formal than others in the rituals and in the ceremonies. But it can also really depend on mm. the individual celebrant. So say in Roman Catholic, which is what we're most used to, some celebrants will allow pop songs and some yeah. priests won't. And so it's worth having a chat and not, again, being frustrated if your priest doesn't allow a pop song and someone else had a wedding that did. It all comes down to that person who you're meeting with, that third party for your ceremony. They really are going to call the shots and you can't really argue with them, unfortunately. No, so that is why it's worth putting in a bit of time and choosing someone who aligns with you as much as possible in your vision for the day. So when you're having that chat with your celebrant, I would say it is fine to kind of talk to them about your wishes. Mm. Um, if you have a few things, let's say, that you've decided are a priority for you, like there's one piece of music that you're really, really interested in having. And if you kind of present that to them and say, listen, here's why I'm interested in it. It really is meaningful to me and my partner. It's a big part of our life, whatever. 
and explain it a little bit in detail, that's a good way to go about opening up that chat with them. Now, you do have to be courteous about it and you obviously can't push your celebrant to do anything they don't want to do. No, it's like anything. It's about how you approach it and it's about how respectful you are about it. We're basically saying it's worth chancing your arm if you do it in a really, really respectful way, but also obviously gauge with your own religion. You'll probably know whether or not the celebrant in question is a chance you are I'm kind of a person <laughs> or not yeah. and have a few alternative suggestions prepared just in case they say no for example if they say listen we can't have secular music you could ask them oh well if the issue is around the lyrics could we have an instrumental version of that mm. song played let's say or they might say you know oh, it's okay to play it as people are exiting the church or whatever after the official ceremony the religious element has ended and has been sort of closed off they might be okay with that so it's worth having a few things in your back pocket to say if let's say you really wanted to do a hand fasting or a ritual and you know it's not going to be on the cards or they've told you it's not on the cards maybe there's a way to like represent that like could you have a hand fasting ribbon be part of your decor or if you're having gifts let's say being brought up could that be one of them Hmm. to symbolize you know tying the knot or whatever about the ritual that was meaningful to you and I think it's worth saying to be open to your celebrant's suggestions often people in religion are seen as a bit old-fashioned or Mm. traditional but the thing is they've seen it all and they'll have ideas and they'll have ways that you can maybe personalize your ceremony within the restrictions of the house of worship so it's worth asking them and picking their brain too and often the rituals that they have in their religion or your religion they might not seem like they have anything in common with like the trendy rituals that loads of cool couples are doing right now. But if they explain it to you, the meaning behind it, mm-hmm. you might not have ever heard the meaning behind it before. And if you actually give them a chance to explain to you what the ritual means, you suddenly might find yourself connecting with it when you didn't before. Yes. And it might suddenly become a more attractive prospect for your ceremony. Yeah, because a lot of the secular rituals we see have a basis in religious ones. Mm. Like, the unity candle for example is something we see in catholic weddings but a lot of couples use them in secular so it's definitely worth kind of fleshing that out with your celebrant and seeing what suggestions they might have i would also say ask about decoration because um some religions and their houses of worship might have i mean like any venue they will have some rules about Mm -hmm. what you can and can't do and obviously some religions might have specific symbols that are not allowed or wouldn't be appropriate for a wedding ceremony so definitely check that flowers are one to check um i know some churches expect you to leave the flowers so if you use flowers for the ceremony you're not able to take them away and repurpose them it's kind of seen as a gift to the church oh yeah um and likewise some communities will do their own flowers for the church they look after that and that's not kind of under your wheelhouse to personalize so again yeah it's just worth asking definitely and another thing to bear in mind is that some religions do accommodate interfaith ceremonies we've seen loads of them over the years we have some on the site This again really depends. It varies from religion to religion and religious leader to religious leader. So you just have to go to your specific people and ask the question. But it is an option. Again, with that one, I think it's worth giving yourself a good lead in to have time to find the people. It might take you a few months to find the right people. So it's worth not doing that one in a rush. And uh, it probably does take twice as much effort to organize I'm not gonna lie (laughs) anytime we've had them on the site I've been like wow this is really a lot of work but worth it in the end so now we've wrapped up religious ceremonies we'll move on to civil ceremonies so we've lots of tips for those again huge disclaimer warning the 
requirements are slightly different for each country and each jurisdiction so do your research and find out exactly what's allowed and what's not for where you are getting married yeah so uh, one tip I would say is think about the venue now in Ireland civil ceremonies can take place in a registry office but the registrar can also travel to your wedding venue if it has been pre-approved for civil ceremonies and I know that happens in a lot of countries so you may have the option to get married outside of the registry office at your wedding venue or in another third appointed space Mm. so definitely think about that because as we said before the space that you get married in can have a big effect on how personal the ceremony feels and how the atmosphere is. And in the UK, the city halls are really stunning, very grand settings to get married. But in Ireland, they tend to be kind of carpeted civil service office buildings. So it's important to just know what you're getting in for as well, because I have heard a couple of couples say that like they turned up to the registry office and they just didn't expect it to be like just a room. And a quick Google would have told them if they Googled (laughs) their specific office, they would have seen a photo of the inside and gone like, oh, it is just a room. So it's good to be aware of your options in terms of venue. Bear in mind that there are some restrictions with civil ceremonies. It's important to just keep in mind that you can't have any religious music or readings. You can't have confetti, no candles. There's restrictions on capacity, restrictions on the length of ceremony. And particularly with registry offices, there's often you have a slot and you're in and you're out. Yeah, so while you might be delighted that you now get to have your pop song, but you can't (laughs) have the full eight minute version of Stairway to Heaven. Oh, what? I mean, you can, but only if you don't have anything else. Yeah. Um, there'll often be restrictions on how you decorate the space, restrictions on access to the space before the ceremony. So particularly with a busy registry office, you won't really be able to get in and do a whole lot. Yeah, you won't have three hours beforehand to decorate to your heart's content. No. Um, so yeah, you only have a few minutes to get the room ready. So it's worth just keeping that in mind. Also, another one is that you may be restricted on the time and the day that you can have your ceremony. Yeah, it might be a Tuesday morning or nothing, you know, yes. if you're working with a certain time yeah. frame. Yeah, and they are quite strict on the timelines. It's They're not like oh, a priest, you, they're not going to you. Can't, you, you can't be late to a civil ceremony no. anywhere in the world. So yeah. yeah, the restrictions that Claire just called out there, they won't all apply to every civil ceremony in every district. But they're the most common ones that mm-hmm. we've seen and heard from across the globe. But that said, there are often ways that you can get creative. So usually the music, if it's non-religious, you usually have free reign as far as I've heard. Yeah, again, it's just the fact that you won't have time to like set up a band in the corner and do a full sound check. But if you want your mate to play guitar, that's totally grand. If you have, I was about to say a CD, no one has CDs. <laughs> if you have a Spotify playlist. A Spotify playlist, you can whack that on. That's totally fine. And again, with the civil ceremony, I do think it's about priorities. So let's say if you really just want your friend to play the guitar and sing that one song, you can then maybe cut out the readings that you were thinking of doing because actually you're like, do you know what? This is the most important thing. It's about playing with the time frame and prioritizing, really. Readings as well. You can usually have pretty free reign apart from uh, you're generally not allowed any religious readings. No. Um, the flowers, again, if there's time to dress the space. So obviously we're talking a bit more about registry offices. If you get married in a hotel that allows civil weddings, is no problem at all. You can deck the yeah. place out however you want. Decor, again, same. If you have a registry office, just make sure that there's the time and the access. If you're in a beautiful wedding venue with a beautiful ceremony space you know the sky is kind of the limit depending on where you are you might be able to write your own vows as well which is another nice way to personalize the ceremony definitely I know a lot of couples really really want that as like one of their 
things on the wish list for the mm-hmm. ceremony. Um, and again, like we said, there are obviously other things that apply to any ceremony, like who you walk up the aisle with, what family members are involved. You may be able to include a ritual as well. Usually a ring exchange is allowed, but have a chat with uh, your celebrant and they might tell you that maybe you have time for another one. They might be okay with that. And as with all of these different kinds of ceremonies, I think it's just important to remember to be courteous and respectful. Mm regardless of who's marrying you and adhere to their rules because they're there for a reason. And not spring anything on them no. <laughs> as well. If you do have something that you think might be a bit of a stretch for your celebrant to accommodate, you have to ask very early in advance. Yes. Be very courteous and explain your case. And then you have to take away all of the effort for them involved in this extra element that you want. Yeah, definitely. That's the best chance you have of having it happen. And the last thing you want is on the day them to say they can't conduct the ceremony for whatever reason. Mm. They have very strict guidelines as to the conditions and the elements that they're allowed to witness. So it's worth making sure that you have all the boxes ticked. Yeah. Their hands are tied by the organisation they work for. So it's not just them being like a big meanie about it. (laughs) (laughs) They have a lot of boxes to tick themselves. Yes. So next we'll move on to secular ceremonies and humanist ceremonies are probably the biggest chunk of these. Yeah. And we should say that, as we've said before, the secular ceremonies, the humanist ceremonies tend to be generally very flexible, but they're probably not going to be 100% flexible. So secular organisations will have rules just like any other organisation that might head up your ceremony. Yeah, so you won't be able to mix in a few prayers with a secular ceremony, for example. I know we keep stressing this, but I just think we don't want any couples to be disappointed when they walk in to meet their celebrant. So it's just that's why we keep going over. Yeah, yeah. And I have genuinely had the conversation a couple of times where the couple has kind of said, like, I just don't get it. It's our wedding ceremony. Why can't we do whatever we want? But I think it does help to think of that third person. Mm. And even if the third person isn't the celebrant, but it's the organization, you have to think that there are three of you in it. So all three of you have to be happy and consenting to whatever is going on. So it is something you have to take into account, that third element, no matter what your ceremony is. Yeah, it's legally binding at the end of the day. So it's a contract and there's rules around it. If you were doing any other big legal move, you would expect to have to abide by certain rules. So... This should be no different. So like with the other ceremonies, with a secular wedding, it's worth putting a bit of time into finding the right celebrant. So ideally, someone you have a good rapport with is quite essential. Um, Someone who's maybe confident, charismatic and has got experience in conducting ceremonies is also ideal. Yeah, definitely. And as with all celebrants uh, from the outset, it's a good idea to discuss your plans uh, to make sure that all of your ideas are appropriate, to make sure that the kind of ceremony that you've got in mind, the feel, the vibe, maybe some of the elements, the rituals are appropriate and that that's going to work in that specific structure. If you haven't got any idea where to start, most celebrants will have a template to start from, but don't feel like you have to follow that by the letter. There will be some flexibility in it. And equally, if you feel like you really like the idea of, let's say, a humanist ceremony, but you're not particularly confident in your own creative abilities, you also don't have to plan the thing from scratch. They'll have a template, they'll have a formula that you can work from and they are happy to lead as well if, you know, you really just want to pop in with a few personalised details, but you actually 
wouldn't know where to start. That's fair as well. Yeah. So it's definitely worth having a bit of a brainstorm beforehand, having ideas, coming to them with some music and some readings that you like, just so they get a feel of where you're at and the kind of couple you are and your tastes. And then you can let them kind of take the lead from there if you want to. And most secular celebrants will say that they feel like the ceremony is a collaboration between them and the couple. So keep that in mind. Like it's not like homework where you need to turn up with like a big list of stuff that you've prepared. But it's good to have a chat with your partner before. And obviously, as we said, and have a few ideas for them. As I mentioned, secular celebrants won't necessarily permit religious readings or music or rituals into the ceremony. But they are extremely tolerant and inclusive. So it's worth talking to them if some members of your family are religious and if you're maybe nervous about them and talk about ways to include them in the ceremony and bring them along without necessarily having a nod to the religion. Say maybe your mom is devout Catholic. They they possibly will find a nice way in the welcome maybe to mention that we're welcoming people from all faiths here, including, you know, Brida, who we know is very involved in her community or whatever. There will be ways to sort of put their mind at ease. And if you flag that with your celebrant from the beginning, you know, they'll be really conscientious of that. Finally, we have some tips for non-legally binding ceremonies. So obviously the big alarm bells that we have (laughs) to sound here is that these are not legally binding ceremonies cue the klaxon <laughs> i thought you were actually gonna do it i thought you were gonna go rear, rear. sorry i was making a klaxon gesture <laughs> realizing you can't see that oh but oh. yeah i mean i know we sound silly when we say this but people have told us that there have been issues in the past mm. where they misunderstood something as being legal obviously make sure the legal bit is done and then you can go on and plan your beautiful symbolic ceremony which is going to be just as meaningful as any other one it just won't be legally binding yes it's worth mentioning there are some celebrants who are just celebrants as in their ceremony conductors or MCs, they are not legal solemnizers so that might be someone you encounter and you might think that that part of their service is a legal ceremony it's not so again just always check that register and make sure yeah um so the thing about this type of ceremony is you really, really have free reign to do whatever you want as long as the person you've chosen as your celebrant, be they a paid person or a friend or a relative, as long as they're game to do it, there should be really no obstacles to do whatever you want. Sky's the limit. So with that in mind, choose a celebrant that you're both comfortable with. It probably shouldn't be like your best friend from primary school who your other half doesn't know very well. Yeah. It's nice to find someone that you both have something in common with and um, has similar values to you and your partner is confident at speaking in front of groups. You don't want someone who's nervous. You need someone who's going to put your mind at ease and be very self-assured on the day. And if it's a non-traditional ceremony, you want them to be able to bring everyone with them and to make everyone in the room feel included and a confident person will Mm. be able to do that. Someone who's reliable and committed to the role, you don't want someone who is going to turn up late or isn't going to do their preparations. And someone who'll enjoy the process. And that one's so important because it's very easy to choose your most competent, most confident friend and then they'll be dreading it for six months. So choose someone who you think will really be honoured to be asked and will really relish the job. I've actually been at a good few of these ceremonies and I would say 
absolutely the reason why they were as lovely as they were is because the couple picked the right person Mm. and the person really had command of the room they knew them intimately and the minute they told me who they'd picked I was like that's a great choice yes you know so you want someone you're really confident in I think Mm. so if you're having a non-legally binding ceremony you do kind of have to come up with your own structure obviously you can google templates from like say secular ceremonies or whatever that's fine as well but you really do kind of have to write your own ceremony obviously in collaboration with the person you've asked to be the celebrant Mm. um so generally i would say you want to include the following points just as a vague guide if you're completely stuck on where to start an entry song some kind of words of welcome uh readings more than one if you like uh mid-ceremony songs again multiple if you like uh words on the meaning of love and marriage that's almost always involved uh words on the importance of community so talking about the couple's family and friend circle Mm. that's nearly always involved and always really nice way to get the guests involved a unifying element is often popular so that could be anything like a call and response reading or a song uh vows of course which are almost essential i would say and an exit song so that's a good vague structure to work from yeah absolutely you don't necessarily need to do an exchange of rings if you've already done that at the legal bit and it doesn't sit well and again you can have six readings and no music where you can have all done through song you can have uh we had a really nice wedding we were at where everyone or not everyone they had maybe 10 people get up and do a quote each Mm. about love which was so nice instead of longer readings you really can get creative with it but yeah those structures are there for a reason because they work the idea of a set entrance a set exit breaking points throughout and maybe a climax moment as in the vows it's almost like having a first second and third act in a play they just kind of work and there's a reason why people do them and I would say equally, if you really are committed to a short wedding ceremony, there's no reason why not to go for that. So like I was at a wedding where we had a ceremony like this, but we all stood around the couple in a circle, sort of on the lawn of the venue. And that meant automatically we all knew it was going to be a shorter ceremony. They'd done the legal bit. They didn't feel like they needed to do tons of vows or anything. It was probably eight or nine minutes long. Wow. But it was really nice. We had the celebrant did a call and response kind of moment where we all kind of vowed to like support the couple and to, you know, play a role in their lives and stuff. And it was really nice. So Mm. you really have the freedom here to kind of do things your own way. Yeah. We gave everyone a little badge at ours from up. Um, I still have mine. We were all in a club now together and everyone put on the badge. And I think some people were upset about damaging their dresses. But, you know, it really was their own choice to put the badge on I think I just put the badge in my bag and put it on the fridge yeah you didn't need to do it yeah but yeah I do think keeping it short is a good tip 15 to 30 minutes is plenty yeah and definitely as much as I love a beautiful personal wedding ceremony not a lot of people want to sit through an hour of a ceremony It should probably go without saying that you can choose music and readings that have special meaning for you both. We have lists of ceremony readings on the site, very extensive, that you can look at. It's a nice way as well if you want to include nods to your faith without having a fully faith-based ceremony. Having this kind of a make-you-uppy, for want of a better word, ceremony is a great way to do that because there are no rules at all so you could in theory if you're having this symbolic ceremony and your celebrant was cool with it you could get your mom up to say a prayer let's say mm. if she wanted yeah whether she wants to do it or not outside <laughs> of a church i don't know but you do really have that freedom yes so you can choose any kind of 
rituals really that resonate with you. So a lot of the more popular ones are hand fasting, which we see a lot, time the knot. Ring warming is a really nice one. Sand ritual, salt ritual, which I couldn't possibly describe as well as Imre Dillon did in our last It was episodes. magical. So Go back and listen. But yeah, you can always get creative and make up your own as well. Definitely. We see couples do that sometimes and I'm always very impressed. And they always look great and they sound really special. You can also get creative with the location and space because you kind of don't have really a whole many reasons to stick to an indoor venue or a specific area. You can really do it on a bridge, in the woods, uh, in an old theatre, in the ruin of a church. We've kind of seen it all, Mm. especially for this kind of ceremony. You don't need to worry about the registrar registering your marriage and having a pre-approved venue or anything like that. You can kind of go wherever you want. Yeah, so it's definitely worth getting a bit creative. In terms of the setup, we do see a lot of circles standing. Again, theatre style setup does work best. There's a reason why <laughs> you tend to have people sitting towards a element of a stage or an altar. Yeah, even a half an hour ceremony is quite long to be standing up. So. Yeah, we have seen some a few cool ideas though for ceremonies like guests all sitting on picnic blankets. Hay bales is another mm. popular one. Again, standing is fine, but definitely try and keep it to about 20 minutes. And make sure if you have a standing ceremony and there are guests who need to sit, that there's, you know, two or three chairs for those people as well. Yes. Oh, and top tip, because I didn't really do this. It sort of worked. But um, have someone make an aisle if everyone's just standing, because I walked in and I think there was a bit of a scramble to like make room for me and my oh, dad to walk okay. up. <laughs> So yeah, it's worth just Yeah, ask a few people, can you just keep the like aisle formation? Yeah. Especially if you're randomly on a bridge or something, you know, something <laughs> yeah. that doesn't have a natural aisle. Exactly. Um, yeah, and we did mention the unifying element, which you had in your wedding, Claire. That's a really nice one and one that I think a lot of couples don't actually think about. But I know that when I'm a guest at a wedding, I love to get involved, even if it's only, you know, we're all going to sing a verse of the final song together, lads. Something like that's really sweet. Yeah. Some of the weddings we've been to, there was one at the very start of the ceremony. They had a quiz about like who knew the couple best. Loved that. Which was really good. And it was a kind of a stand up, sit down thing. And it worked really nicely. We've had a, a few different ideas on the site. If you have a look at different real weddings where couples plan their own ceremony, you'll get lots of ideas there. And really kind of let your imagination run wild. Because if you're having this kind of symbolic, non-legally binding ceremony, that's exactly what you're doing it for, to have a bit of freedom and flexibility. Yeah, so it's worth just thinking about yourselves as a couple, what you guys like to do and seeing if you can incorporate that in some way into your ceremony. Yeah, it might be your love of food or you might be lovers of travel or adventure. Yeah. Just kind of start thinking of those things, the things that define you as a couple and your relationship and ideas should flow from there. Yes. The other nice thing about these ceremonies is because there's no rules um, you can have your drinks reception before and allow your guests to bring their drinks in mm. if it was a chilly day you could have everyone could have teas and coffees or hot chocolate for the ceremony you can have ice cream there just can be a bit less formality about it whereas obviously you can't have everyone necessarily drinking Prosecco in <laughs> a mask yes it's <laughs> um, probably not going to be appropriate yeah exactly so it's just worth thinking about that as well if there are things like that that you've liked about other weddings think about incorporating them I have to say I loved the ceremony I was at where I had a glass of Prosecco in hand it was a real novelty for me yes although 
there was definitely at least one broken glass on a hay bale. <laughs> and I feel like we were really rowdy at that we ceremony were, yeah. as well. We kept being like, way. Well, hey. <laughs> there was a lot of heckling. <laughs> the celebrant was like, okay, rowdy, rowdy group. <laughs> so obviously we have provided a lot of information there. Only some of it would be relevant to you, but hopefully we give you a good idea of what's realistic for you, your ceremony, your other half, your celebrant, the organisation who's helping you get married. Yeah. And you've got some nice takeaways from today's episode absolutely we probably should have stopped they could skip ahead to the bit relevant to them but we didn't so you'll just have to have listened to it all well you'll know (laughs) for the next time you get invited to another type of ceremony what to expect Uh, and we should say as well we have a ton of posts on the site all about ceremonies different types of ceremonies the legalities legalities ideas for everything music playlists um ceremony readings the lot yeah and as always, there's no one size fits all. It's very much a you do you kind of process. So yeah, just pick what one suits you, resonates with you, is relevant to your family and go from there. One fab day, listener dilemmas. If there's one thing we've learned in all our years writing about weddings, it's that the road to the big day certainly does not always run smoothly. So in this part of the show, we put our heads together to answer one of our listeners' burning questions. And Selena, you've chosen this week's dilemma. I have. So this listener has written in to say, what are your thoughts on putting where you are registered, I presume they mean gift registry, on the wedding invitation? My worry is that it's a bit rude, but my other worry is that I already have two cutlery sets and the risk of adding to that is very high. I mean, I'm so here for this person's question. Yeah. That's a very, very real risk. Yeah, we're all about gift registries. Yeah, I actually used one for the first time uh, recently as a guest and I loved it. I just thought it saved a lot of faff Mm -hmm. for me. I was able to just get the gift bit done in 10 minutes online. It was amazing. And it's a really nice way to both ask for cash politely and because you can have cash funds as part of a gift registry but then you can also add some really nice keepsakes to have so it's a good way of having the best of both now personally i don't actually think it's presumptuous to put the details of your registry on the invitation but if you're really really worried about that and you really decide okay i actually do think it's rude i don't but if you decide that um there's alternatives so the wedding that we went to they didn't mention anything about the registry on the wedding invitation but they directed us all to their wedding website and then when you went on the wedding website they had an faq and on there they said are you doing a gift registry was one q and the a was yes we are yeah, Please that was get a really nice subtle way of doing it. Yeah, so it means that it wasn't kind of like blasting it all over the place. Yeah. But there's definitely a way of phrasing it like we absolutely like, do not, do expect, not gifts. expect gifts. We'd be delighted if you can attend on the day. But if you would like to get us a token, we're registered here. And that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. And people are expecting to buy you a gift. So there's no need to kind of sugarcoat it or beat around the bush. Definitely. And talk to your stationer as well. Just make sure they don't put it like right at the top in the biggest font or anything. I think there's definitely many subtle ways to do it, including on the invitation and the wedding website. And you can also just kind of filter it out among a few close friends and family as well. So that, say, if your aunts are asking your mum what to get you, that she can direct them in that direction. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. 
So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I... Fester Adam, do hereby declare my unending love. Ditto. I will worship you forever. Now for something. That's not your wedding. If you feel like you're up to your eyes in wedding planning, this part of the show was made just for you. We're encouraging you to step away from the wed men for just a few hours a week and indulge in a little downtime. So Claire has got a delightfully autumnal recommendation to share with us this week. So let's hear it. I do, but I have to say, okay. So tell us what it is before you tell us why you shouldn't bother doing it. No. So my recommendation this week was going to be go fruit picking and make some jam. So I delightful. went f- delightful. It was. I went fruit picking. It was magical. I picked blackberries. Well, hold on. Didn't you go first, and they weren't ready? Oh yeah, then they weren't ripe. Then two weeks later, I went again. Loads of black blackberries. Picked them. Grand. Got home. Made the jam. Delightful. Put it in jars. Next day, I opened the jam and it was like a solid block of hard candy. Oh, did you not use jam sugar? I I did, but I just didn't have a thermometer and apparently I burned the sugar and then it caramelised. So it was just a block of fruit sugar. (laughs) Did you do the, the wrinkle test? No, why were you? <laughs> I am where I was was in my own reality where I have watched my mom make jab hundreds of times and have picked up all this useless knowledge. I'm sorry, I should have come around. I did ask my dad because my parents used to make loads of jam when I was a kid. And my dad was just like, whatever the fruit weighs, stick in the sugar. That's it. So that's what I Oversimplified did. it maybe yeah. a little bit there, Kevin. Yeah. Um, well, I love the idea because actually no matter where you are in the world listening to this, chances are there's going to be one of those farms nearby yes. that you can go to. And it's a lovely day out. If you have like nieces and nephews as well, they'd love to come with you. That'd be a cute thing to do with them or your own kids, of course. Um, it's a really nice thing to do in autumn because it gets yeah. you all in the mood for I the season. so wholesome. I got up really early on a Sunday morning to make jam. And I put it all over Instagram and I bragged loads and then I couldn't eat it. But you'll do it again. I will. Yeah, I'm going out again this weekend. Maybe next time you could do slow gin because you can't really mess Ooh, that up. I'll, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. There's my tip for you, Tip. <laughs> the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.
Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We hope you're feeling inspired now to go off and plan a really magical wedding ceremony. And as always, we'd love to hear which wedding related issues are troubling you and what topics you'd like discussed on future episodes. So please do get in touch. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or DM us on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. We'd also love if you could rate and review our podcast on iTunes and recommend it to any engaged pals, either in person or via WhatsApp or social. This really helps us grow our audience and make the podcast better for all our listeners, so we'd really appreciate it. And be sure to click over to onefabday.com after this episode has finished playing. Selena and I are very busy bees this month, writing lots of content across real weddings, planning guides, style features and more, so you should absolutely pay the homepage a regular visit. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cher